You're listening to Not Another Origin Story, the comic book movie podcast. I'm your host, Pogues, and as always, I'm joined by my co-host, Ben Chen. I uh, liked the movie for once. Pogues, I liked a movie. Pogues, I came into recording and I'm not angry. I'm going to say this. I remember this movie, like, I remember thinking it was, like, a great movie. Watching back on it, I'm like, there's, like, a great 15 minutes. There is so much going on in this movie that I did not remember. Anyway. Anyways. We're here to talk about it. That's right. We had to bring back the man, you know, that we had for Spider-Man 1, the legend, a man who loves Spider-Man, our buddy Chris Toom. Hello. And yes, I do love Spider-Man. I was telling Ben earlier that (laughs) I think I've seen this movie in theaters more than any other movie. Guess how many pokes? How many times, yeah, do you think I've seen Well, my only hope is that he refuses to see movies in theaters, because otherwise I'm going to be sad. But four times? Ooh, I'm a dot. I think that's it. It might be more. (laughs) It might be more. (laughs) But I was worried for a second. That's like the minimum. Yeah, we were discussing... the most movie I've ever seen was Tropic Thunder, and I saw it three times in theaters, and I remember thinking, like, what am I doing? <laughs> yeah. The same thing pirate and buy it on DVD when it comes out. I happened to see Avatar three times, and I didn't want to. <laughs> I was going to say, that's, yeah. that's actually more alarming, because I, yeah, I just kept running into people I saw who that, wanted to see it. I saw that with Ben the third time he saw it. <laughs> yeah. I didn't even want to see it I once. frowned a lot. We had a friend who was in from Japan yeah. who really wanted to see it. And she fell asleep during she it. She fell asleep Which during it. Which left us just watch yeah. it for a third time. I feel like that would be a movie that, like, it drives me insane. But I feel like, Ben, it would make you extra insane. Because, like, the stories you've told me about, like, when you're in writing classes and people write, like, the most, like juvenile stories and how upsetting it is because that movie is like written by like a fourth grader yeah it it is like that because i once had a uh a fellow fiction writer in 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 school write uh essentially a rescript of seven and submit a short fiction and i remember having to listen to it and be like you just wrote seven you (laughs) and i felt the same way during avatar i'm like god damn it you just wrote dances with wolves you asshole and took out all of the emotional parts and also made it that in the end, they were only saved by the white man. Yep. Mm-hmm. Like, they, I'm pretty sure Dances with the Wolves does not end happily, if I recall. I don't know. It's been a long time since I've seen it. Anyway, <laughs> we're but, here to talk about Spider-Man 2, which yes. I thought contained many scenes of which I was going to be angry about, but only contained about one or two. Uh, you know what it did contain a lot of? Dashboard confessional uh, exit credit. Oh, oh my god, when that song came on. I actually was just like, I was like, I'm gonna savor this. I watched this movie with my brother uh, Dan, who I've, I sometimes go over and watch movies with him when we do these, especially when I know they're gonna be bad. And when the credits came on, there was like a moment where he was like talking, and then all of a sudden he just stopped. And he was like, "What is this?" And I was like, "You don't remember Dashboard Confessional?" And he just gave me a look like, "No, you fucking idiot. Of course I don't." But I was like, I, I just let it sit. You savored it. It was pretty jarring following that Danny Elfman closing theme, yeah, and then yeah, all of a sudden yeah. it just jumps in a dashboard. Also, I don't oh. feel like that that song fit the movie at all. Dangles on a string. No, no, no. <laughs> just some Sony exec. Like, I don't know if Dashboard was signed to Sony Records or something like that. Oh, like, probably. Yeah. All I um, know is they should have let it slip away. Just let yeah. it slip away. <laughs> um, for me, the thing that actually kind of, like, really brought back some uh, some memories was, uh, on the DVD before it is the trailer for Hitch, the Will Smith oh my God, Kevin I watched, James movie. I and watched it on DVD too and saw that. I had forgotten <laughs> that and I've watched it on DVD like so many times. I've yeah. seen this movie 
a million times and on DVD and I've realized now I've seen that trailer so many times and like it <laughs> yeah. kind of was like oh god this again and I totally forgotten about it what I thought was shocking was the trailer started and I, I saw Will Smith and I was like oh is this gonna be like a trailer for Hancock but I was like, then I was like well what year did this movie come out and by the time I realized that it wasn't Hancock and that it was Hitch it was like halfway through the trailer and then it ended and I was like, that was sort of a weird... Tra-. And then it just goes straight to the DVD menu. They put one trailer on the mo- on the disc, and it was for Hitch. Look, we I was got- like, do they think there's a lot of crossover between these two movies? We've got plenty of time to discuss that on our other podcast, uh, Will Smith, Yes, I Will. We'll cover it, <laughs> we'll cover it on our episode, for our Hitch episode, so please just save it for that. Oh, man. I would, I would totally do an episode of a fake podcast about that. <laughs> I, got, I tell you, for April Fools, we gotta do Cage with Cage and Will Smith. Yes, I will. I feel like we have like we have like forty years worth of uh, April Fools because like every episode we're like that's on our other podcast. Um, I, I like the recap style of this one where it was like, hey, here's a really long, boring credits. Also, here's just paintings from scenes okay. that happened in the first movie. Paintings. Yeah, that's actually that was a selling point for me. Like when I yeah. first saw the movie, I mean, I was just getting into Alex Ross at the time. And just, like, seeing his art used in the opening credits. Wasn't this also, like, the time went, like, right before Alex Ross, like, disappeared? Like, wasn't this, like, the end of his... Yeah, he kind of... And now he just does, like, covers for Dynamite for, like, The Shadow? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Like, he did, like, a couple series after this, but yeah, he didn't really do much, much after this point. Uh, aside from, like, Astro City. He signed by Point Break poster, so there's that. Uh, listeners listeners will need to be informed that sitting above me right now at my desk is a signed poster for the movie Point Break, which includes signatures from Patton Oswald, Tony Moore, and Alex Ross, among others. I was going to say, I was like, wait, the poster for weren't in the film. <laughs> Look, I, I accidentally ended up paying 40 bucks to get um, uh, Lori Petty to sign my poster, and after doing so, I felt like a chump, so I had to go around the convention and get others to sign it to make me feel like it was worth it. And I've now amassed something like 20 signatures on a poster. So Nice. I yeah. appreciate the Patton Oswalt. Um, also, movie starts back with the, the voiceover, which is good. We love a good voiceover in a movie. Then, just like Spider-Man 1, uh, enjoys the formula of immediately abandoning it for the rest of the film. Yes. <laughs> and just like Spider-Man 1, it decides, eh, we don't need Spider-Man for a while. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, I mean, he appears... To deliver pizzas. So I'm actually going to argue that, like, really quick here, is that, uh, yeah, you're right that we don't get Spider-Man actually itself, but um, this is not a Spider-Man origin story movie. It's a sequel. Yeah, which just makes it even more egregious. Well, no, not necessarily. What it does give you is, is you have to generate a villain, so you need to give that villain's origin story. Obviously, that's not going to be the whole content of the movie in the first half, but we, on this podcast, hold a pretty a specific standard. We've discovered through our endless torture of watching comic book movie films, that a good film mostly locks down an origin story by 30 minutes. They've got it down by 30, and that's generous. And I don't think that's even remotely true in this movie. Spider-Man 1 nailed it, because uh, not only did Spider-Man have his origin, but the Green Goblin was locked down by, like, 35. So that was that's good shit. Uh, yeah, I thought, I mean, the first Spider-Man movie, we all talked about how much... We appreciated the way it handled the origin. This story. one locks down Doc Ock uh, by minute thirty-two. So, are you serious? Yeah. Wait, does. they lock down. He becomes like he yeah. gets the yeah. end. Accident. The end of the accident sequence comes at like thirty-two. Uh, real quick, since since we started talking about him. Yeah. Um, what uh, what was the deal with Doc Ock? <laughs> 
it's just a big open-ended question about... Yeah, like, I'm taking it, like, meta. A third like, of this movie? <laughs> what, uh, what was going on with, well, like... hold on. Before we jump into that... Yeah, um, let's, we, there's other stuff we should get to first. We don't do this so much anymore, but I want to do hear this from Chris, is is what, uh, like, what is your take on, on Doc Ock in the Marvel Universe? Is he, like, to me, he's up there as, like, number two contender for Archvillain. Arch is that, for Spider-Man, is yeah. That, for Spider-Man, right. Yeah. Oh, I was going to say, you mean like, overall? You're putting Doc Ock? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No Out of all of the Marvel Doc Universe? <laughs> yeah. No, and I mean, just kind of like, the characters have thing, a though. really long relationship, um, both, like, you know, in his life as Peter Parker and Spider-Man. Right. Uh, because he was almost, you know, he almost married Aunt May um, at a point. Oh, I forgot about that. Which made that hostage sequence real awkward. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, He'll bring that up in his toast at the wedding. Um... <laughs> It's so weird because, I mean, like, he's he's a classic villain. You just kind of accepted him. But, like, you kind of forget that he did start initially as a scientist that was, wasn't was a, like, crazy person. Like, he wasn't, like, a, you know, monster yeah. until his accident. And then it drove him insane. And then, like, it never his motivations after you that did, never really I made much sense. Because, like, okay, wh- what's he working towards now? Is he still just trying to do science? Or is he just like, nope, I'm just a criminal now? Yeah, it's very vague. I, I know his yeah his characters in the comic, his motivations were always just kind of beyond super me. vague. He's just like ah, oh, I have I have two extra arms now, or four extra arms now. I'm gonna go rob a bank. Yeah, <laughs> which he I does. He was doing something illegal when he became. I thought that's why he like the thing bonded to him because he was like he had been like. Uh, I did my research, hard, but he's not like a medical doctor. <laughs> no, no. I mean, well, he's he's always been a nuclear physicist. Yes, working on like nuclear reactors. Like, yeah, I thought he was doing something illegal when he had the accident in the comics, but I could be wrong. No, he was. I probably he, am wrong. You're the expert. He was definitely. Uh, I I checked my research before I came in. I always kind of double check the origin story to see how on it is because sometimes I forget like the actual original origin story because things like iron man you get so many revisions and revisions and revisions yeah. you forget i was stunned when i did my research for iron man to discover that um it's on point like you know, he's in a cave with a guy right. and he's building yeah. his heart's got trapped and the whole thing's right on the point this one is another one that's really 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 close um a radiation leak in the lab causes an explosion which fuses his harness that he built to specifically work with radioactive material which is like basically what's happening in the movie, and yeah. then it's fused to his body. Uh, the part where the the arms have their own brain is in that's general, not in the comics. That's right? not. It's the not comics. in the comics, although they wrote into the comics after that. But um, it's a I good. Actually, it's a good I think it's, point, yeah, I think it's. Honestly. I think it's uh, better than just like having some guy like actually being able to like you know use those forearms that well. Also, I like that in the movie, his arms whenever he's like picking up something heavy, like two of the arms brace him. Wall. Yeah, they do. Like the, the effects for how they work is very good. The yeah. effects in general, movie wide, are pretty good. Mm-hmm. There's a few spots. That is not true. I think they are. I think they're unnoticeable in most. Are you movies. insane? Yeah, no, no. When they when they when people become full CG, it is extremely noticeable. I they guess look like is... cartoon characters. Yeah. yeah, yeah. There's some bad parts. The one that got me the most though, like for a while, the arms were pretty solid when they first mm-hmm. show up, and I'm like, this is great. Yeah. And like some of like the web work and some of the early fight scenes looks really good. And then when he rips the vault door off, it's like straight monkey bone Looney Tunes. And I was like, what yeah. am I looking at? <laughs> There's a couple that's like that. That is like the, that whole sequence, like the bank robbery and then like bell tower chase is where the special effects get like real wonky. When they're like punching each other as they're falling, they look oh, so yeah. unreal no, and right. plastic. Yeah. Other uh, parts of them are good. I mean, I think the arms are spectacular. Like, like I think the they're really well like, done. The, the practical effects for the arms, like where there's like actual puppets. Yeah. Look really good. Because if you want, if you want a good uh, a good way to understand how they did that puppet work and also be amused, 
is look up Doc Ock Fiddler on the Roof on YouTube. You get an Easter egg from one of the DVDs in which um, uh, Moraine, uh, what is Alfred, Al- yeah, the, the, oh, Marina, the guy playing that. Doc Ock, yeah. was uh, in a Broadway production of Fiddler on the Roof. So he did uh, he did his Tevia, <laughs> uh, uh, if I were a rich man, while in the Doc Ock suit, while guys manipulated the claws to sort of snap along in rhythm, and it's fucking hilarious, and I highly recommend it. What the fuck? I'm I'm, I'm writing that down, I'm making a note. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so also, yeah. it, it, oh, go ahead. No, I say we can get back on track. We talked about the movie. Uh, I mean, I, this is a movie that has so much to talk about. I'm happy if we just jump around. I don't think we got to be concerned. Yeah, I was super excited to see J.K. Sims when he popped back up super early in the movie. Again, super bummed that I'm hearing that he's moving over to out of the Marvel universe entirely. Yeah, uh, to take on a role somewhere he's, in like a DC film. He's going to be Commissioner Gordon in Justice That's League, right. which is which like I don't uh, think Commissioner Gordon needs to be in a Justice League movie. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, right. I think, I think, but well, whatever. The JL would be operating at a higher level of authority yeah. than Gordon. I want to see him come in and just like yell at Batman. No, I just want to see him walk in and he's just like, wait, you get seriously? You called me for this? What the fuck am I gonna do? Yeah. And then just walks out. You know, like, I just oh. have a mustache, right? That's it. He or he just like walks in, sees like Superman and Wonder Woman, and just whistles and walks away. Um. So. So I got a question. Yeah, please go ahead. Because I just want to talk about whatever piece of this movie comes to mind. Um, do they ever explain why Peter's powers just sort of disappear when he's like I, not feeling it, and then they don't? They come back when he's back supposed to be. I think when he's talking to the doctor about the dream he's having is that it's supposed to be like he is questioning whether or not he still wants to be Spider-Man, and so psychologically. He's like disabling his own powers. He's having performance issues. Yeah, I get. Yeah, I think it's supposed to be the like more of like a, not like a, a crisis of like conscience or anything. But I think it's supposed to be like it's his body is like I don't. We should be doing this. You know what I mean? Like his conscious is is like this is bad for us. It's ruining our regular life. Let's stop being Spider Man. Right. And but they do not explain it well, so I'm only guessing that's what it actually is. I mean, I'm not like complaining necessarily. I think it made a good like. I think they could have spent like 30 seconds explaining. Yeah, that that's what I mean for the average. Yeah. I did feel that when I was watching, I was like, I know basically like what I think is happening, but I'm like, I don't know if that is actually it. I'm I drew this conclusion entirely like when I was watching, yeah. I was like, oh, I thought there was a scene where they said that's what happened, but I guess I just made that up in my head. So. Leading me into a completely different question, uh, there's a lot in the first 30 minutes that includes a ton of Peter Parker just doing odd jobs to get by, which um, I felt was very Spider-Man, like very much Spider-Man comics. Yeah. I thought, except for I'm not sure why it was in the movie. Right, but I thought it was valuable to show kind of a part of the Spider-Man that we all love is that he's, he's yeah. just, as big as he ever gets, he's always still like trying to get by, yeah. you know? I think a good Spider-Man story is just much, just as much about Peter Parker as it is about Spider-Man. Oh, I like that. True. Like, I know. Like, that's why we bring him on, guys. Yeah, I know. That's for nuggets great. like that. Spider-Man. I did find it interesting that a pizza place was still promising uh, uh, 30 minutes minute. or less, yeah. like, yeah. after, like, the lawsuits that happened when and, and many drivers were killed during Pizza Hut or Domino's. Yeah, which would this be, this could be shown during the trial of that, because Peter is forced to do Ooh. to do lane splitting, which is highly illegal. God, watching that scene, so... I said, yeah, I thought that would have an impact on you. I think since the last time I've, I've seen this, like, the last, like, three years or so, I've become a cyclist here in... Chicago. Oh, motherfucker. Oh, you're in Chicago as well? 
Interesting. Um, and everything that almost happens to him on that motorped is the shit that scares me. Like, oh, yeah. Oh, no. That guy's going to throw open his door as I'm trying to pass him. Oh, no. That truck's going to, like, not see me and try to, like, cut across a lane. Oh, no. I'm going to be watching out for all that other shit and not notice the signal change color and, like, go into, like, oncoming traffic. Or you're just driving your moped to your girlfriend's show and two bank robbers just run you over. Yeah. Yeah, also, did you notice that, like, his spider sense was like, sometimes I'll work, sometimes, I don't know, man, like, I need some me time. Like, when he's driving through traffic in that beginning scene, it does not appear as though he has spider sense. Like, he is caught off guard multiple times and almost drives headlong into, like, a truck. Yeah. He doesn't realize the lights have changed. A lot of the beginning of this movie does not seem like he has his powers anymore. Yeah. He doesn't seem to have any, like, confidence, flexibility, Speed, strength, or or awareness. He's just sort of like, ah, oh, this is hard delivering pizzas. It was the same thing where he's coming out of the broom closet and he's like, he's dropping all the mops. <laughs> what was with the head? Yeah, like, and I kept like trying to like do like some slapstick stuff, but like, so this is one thing that the Amazing Spider-Man did pretty well is that like he got like as Peter Parker, he could do all these really cool things, right? And like it played off better where he was like really smooth. And, yeah, like, he had to maybe pretend to be a little clumsy. Right, but the but, pe- like, the, the, but he wasn't actually clumsy. The Peter Parker element would be him opening the door, a bunch of mops fall down, and then he just sort of like looks back and like gives a quip to the lady at the desk. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah, like, exactly. Like it, I was like, why is he trying to put them back? And I don't know. The, uh, what was missing from this movie for me was again the comedy is not there. There's no joking. He delivers like maybe one or two lines that were attempts at him being quippy, but they weren't. Yeah, yeah. All he, the jokes felt like they were like sight gags. Yeah, yeah. Like, like the the mops. The when he washes his Spider-Man costume, it turns all of his laundry red and blue. It's like, yeah. is that the first time he's ever washed it? Because that's gross. He's been Spider-Man for at least a year. <laughs> and a lot of built-up ball sweat. <laughs> yeah, and he, we all know it rides up now. Yeah. <laughs> um, no, and that's the thing is like he never even like really seems like he's having fun as Spider-Man. Sure, he gives out a couple like woohoo's. But like he still just seems like sad sack Peter Parker, even when he's in the Spider-Man costume. He's, yeah, I, I didn't oh, well, realize how much sorry, of this I guess. was sort of a mopey Spider-Man. I thought that was all in the third one. Yeah, there's a lot more in this than I thought. There's even like times where he's like, what am I even doing? Like He's like really mopey, and he's kind of delivering some cheesy lines that honestly had me kind of go, uh-huh. Like there's one where specifically he's like standing in an alley, and he just delivers like a really plain like uh, – yeah, I, I can't remember. I thought I wrote it down. He's just writing a really plain, like, am I even meant to do this? Like, it's a real, like, over-the-top line delivered kind of on the nose. And then he just kind of, like, storms off in the rain. And I'm like, yeah. all, right, all right, guys, I got it. <laughs> I got it. It is, like, I don't know. I, I didn't realize. But I guess maybe that I, – maybe I was wrong to question the dashboard confessional at the end. It fits in much better than I thought. But quick question. Uh, if you were Spider-Man or Peter Parker – and you're in university, right? And you basically just have a little bit of time for a day job in between saving lives and and going to school. Uh, what is the job that works? Because it's not delivering pizzas. There's no reason why you would pick that as your no, job. Yeah. I have no idea why you would pick a job that would require you to drive somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> and no, also, too, like, I feel like that guy should be brought up on charges. Like, that's I'm really dangerous. Like, I'm just making some yeah. money as an air hostess. It's not working out. <laughs> You know, maybe a window washer. Yeah, right. <laughs> he doesn't use any of the safety gear. It's great. Yeah. 
Yeah, it just felt too like it was. I don't know, the whole thing just seemed bizarre. You like, can make more money as a street performer, I think. Doing also, stuff. I didn't understand why you didn't just keep living with Mary Jane or Mary Jane Aunt May. It's like, doesn't she just live in Queens? It's like a train ride to the city. Yeah, yeah. where apparently it's you can like, keep your bike out. Like, when you it's go like thirty minutes. Come on, bro. Like just. Suck it up, live with Aunt May, rent-free, help her pay a little bit, you know? Maybe she could have kept the house. And that's that's what the comics... I mean, that's what happens in the comics, right? Yeah. Like, he never moves to the city until he moves in with Harry. But I guess right. that already happened. Yeah. Wait, did it? Oh, it did, yes. Yeah, in because, the first yeah. movie. Yeah, but they don't hang out anymore because Spider-Man killed his dad. Yeah. He's mad about it. And he's moved Speaking off. of somebody who's phoning it in, yeah. and he's what tra- happened to James Franco? Yeah, he's he tucked like, away these other two dimensions and decided to keep yeah. just that one. Because what are his lines in this movie? It's like, hey, Peter, what's up? My dad! (laughs) You won't turn on your buddy, the Spider-Man. It's just like, okay. I I mean, he doesn't know who he is, you know, technically. Also, um, why does he at the end hear voices? When did he go insane? Like, Uh, I get why it happened to Norman Osborn. Literal voices. Like, I don't think he was like... He talks to Willem Dafoe in a mirror. But... We all Peter do that. to <laughs> Uncle Ben in the car, like, had that conversation Good in point. his head. Wow, so, I guess everybody's going psychotic in this. Yeah, yeah. Aunt May thought he was Uncle Ben for a minute. Everyone's an idiot in this. <laughs> oh, yeah, but I was glad that that scene ended before, so, like, she said something, like, dirty to him, you know? Uh, but I have to I have to drop an additional note in here, is because we were just talking about... Um, but but pizza pizza delivery Spider Man uh, in not another origin story tradition. I searched around for the various iterations of Spider Man figurines that came out in uh, in line with this movie, and I found the Spider Man scooter with pizza launcher figurine, officially licensed, officially made by the you know whatever company Oof, makes every goddamn action figure. This has got to have been something that was also like sold for Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. It <laughs> it is. Peter Parker on a replica of... His, well, no, I'm not sorry. Peter Parker. Excuse me. It's Spider-Man on a replica of the scooter that Peter Parker drives to deliver pizzas that has been repainted to the Spider-Man colors with the Spider-Man logo added to it because I guess in I guess in this universe, Peter Parker decided that was the most lucrative thing he could do. I feel like it would be better that like he should just do public appearances. It has that stack of pizza boxes in the back where you know those pieces are getting ruined. Yeah. And and it fires a single pizza disc out the back like a fart when you, I guess, I don't know, squeeze his arms. <laughs> like, I don't even know. Yeah, I'm not sure what the triggering mechanism is. <laughs> it's best that we don't know, guys. If you give, if you give Peter upsetting. a tickle, he shoots a pizza. <laughs> But uh, as as Eagle Eye Chris pointed out, there is an interchangeable head that just has Tobey Maguire yeah. on it. <laughs> so, and just the head though. So yes. you don't get like a Peter Parker switch out. You get just Peter Parker abandoning his secret identity. <laughs> yes, with basically he's just removed the mask. And he's riding this Spider-Man moped. Delivering pizzas. Which means if you buy this figurine, you have to store a disembodied Tobey Maguire head somewhere <laughs> so you don't lose it. <laughs> and it's a well, good yeah, figurine. That's it's a not problem like... whenever you get extra heads. For a <laughs> yeah. Then one day you're just cleaning up behind your dresser and you're like, oh, look at this. I've got a Princess Leia head that goes on the Jesus. bounty hunter. Yeah. Um, so yeah, just make sure to Google. So Harry also has a sweet moment. I'm just sorry, I was just going back through thinking about this, oh, yeah. where he bitch slaps uh, Parker like twice in the middle of a gala event, and then like nothing happens. Yeah. Like everybody's just like, "Huh, that was weird." You ever seen a billionaire just slap a reporter repeatedly in the face? <laughs> Is that Dave Franco <laughs> <laughs> hitting a, hitting a guy <laughs> over and over again? 
Also, um, also I did enjoy that real quick, just to finish probably yeah. talking about Harry, because there's not a lot of him, is at the end when Spider-Man is like brought to him and he, he finds out that Peter Parker is Spider-Man. This is like a, a pet peeve I have in movies and TV shows and books where a person will not just say something like there's like no reason for him not to like when he stands up when he's like you killed my dad just to be like no actually your dad was insane and tried to kill me and he accidentally killed himself right like, just try like don't peter, just be like there's peter bigger things happening right yeah, now peter, peter's never felt guilty about that yeah it's like you know your dad was like bombing people with with grenades right he yeah. was melting he people. literally killed multiple people although like, at general, this point all of doesn't board, know no. that he's the goblin right no, but that's, I mean, like, why didn't he just say, hey, your dad was batshit insane. He was the Green Goblin. Remember when he tried to kill you? Yeah, your dad was a real dick. Threw grenades at you? That yeah. suit with the glider that you definitely saw at some point? Remember when he tried to bang Mary Jane <laughs> while you were dating her? Yeah. Uh, remember when he snarled at Aunt May a bunch and, and demanded that she embrace religion or she'll die? <laughs> hey, man, I appreciate a good Roman Catholic when you finish that Lord's Prayer. It's very important. Speaking of other characters that have, like, confusing additions into this film uh mary jane is question mark i'm like she's apparently on broadway i guess as an actress yeah that that seemed weird and she's also a model for a makeup company perfume? oh is that what those posters yeah were those yeah there's either like, that or she was like in a really oh, popular i was like i was just like who's the paper team for this fucking show they're everywhere and they're all their advertising is one actress oh i didn't catch that Okay. Also, what That's I thought was sense. shocking was, I, so she has this ad, which I was like, I don't, I don't follow like Broadway actors, but right. I'm like, I can't imagine they are who were picked to be like models on those kind of posters. But I was like, whatever. Uh, maybe during the scenes where she's acting out like a beloved play, to be like, hey, can you not be garbage? Is that a possible? Like, she is so bad in the scenes where she's supposed to be acting. And yeah, uh, I don't get that. She's I was just like, why can't actress. she say? Yeah, I was like, this is your real life profession. Yeah, like why are you bad at pretending to do the thing you're currently doing? I mean, to be fair, she is doing stage acting, yeah, which is a little different. It's yeah, it's kind of like handing like a famous author to a birthday card to be like, hey, write something in here. They're just like, oh, I, this is not what I'm used to. Yeah, I'm I out feel of like they could still maybe just come up with happy birthday. I'm not asking them to, <laughs> you know, like you know, when you hand Kurt Vonnegut a birthday card. <laughs> I was going to say, in this analogy, it would be like I go to J.K. Rawls. <laughs> yeah, card. I think you're right. I take that all back. <laughs> I bet your analogy for this, it would be like if I handed a famous author a birthday card and they wrote, Happy New Year. <laughs> <laughs> like, that's what she's doing. She's that's failing true. at the basis of her own crabs. So pay attention to the scenes. Stop checking the seats, Mary. Also, I'm fairly, I don't know a lot, but I've been told, like, you know, I've heard people talk that, like, when you're on a stage... You can't really see the people in the audience. I can no, verify this. Lights, yeah. They don't have the house lights on. <laughs> Even like a shitty tiny theater, you are blinded from what is in the audience. But there's all those little nitpicky things that I can just let go. Like, for instance, and this came up and I almost didn't mention it, but I couldn't help myself. Uh, the elevator scene, right? Peter gets in an elevator, yeah. or Spider-Man gets in the elevator and has to take it down. I think I already know what you're going to say. And it's his always powers are malfunctioning. And so the elevator is already descending to floor one. But that guy enters and presses what button? Yeah. And then, like, he's awkward in there for a minute, and then he starts pressing different buttons. Yeah. <laughs> like, I, yeah, he's just pressing the same force if that makes elevators go faster. Yeah. Remember when that guy was, like, a person people knew who he was? I didn't. Who is it? He... Exactly. <laughs> he was on, like, I think he was on that VH1 Best Week Ever TV show. That's never made anyone famous. Hasn't it? 
Uh, I did notice that uh, Asif uh, uh, Manavi. Uh, yeah. Uh, Asif uh, Andiv. Yeah, uh, from from the Daily Show the, yeah. was the uh, was the pizza show the pizza shop. So there's like a bunch of weird cameos that aren't really cameos because it's not none of these actors were famous. Right. At it's this so point. weird. So yeah. Just actors who have since then become famous had like bit background parts. Yeah. So there's that one. The guy who yells, "He stole that dude's pizza." Uh, was, was in that? a bunch of Chappelle that, shows. That was an actor. I thought. They... Did you also notice too the amount of? I it, I shouldn't say all of them, but did you also notice the amount of extras that were women in really tight shirts? Dude, I did notice yes. that. There's I felt pan... like a Michael Bay movie. Yes. No. Absolutely. I wrote it down twice. There's like a pan shot where Spider-Man swings through like an alley, and like they just pan up from like ankle level to two girls in midriff shirts that are like supermodels and i was like Why the is girl, this yeah the girl who uh who's working in the office that doc hawk is climbing up yeah. and she like walks over and then she runs at the camera and she's like not wearing a brawl and she just runs and screams and i was like what the fuck is going on you there's, know what? there's at least two other scenes like that where like an attractive woman just runs towards the camera or looks at the camera and screams since we've entered the uh, misogyny part of our of our podcast, I don't know if it's misogyny. I no, think I'm kidding. <laughs> uh, I have to bring up another point, which is: is there like a contract element that said that Kirsten Tunst had to be damp in at least one scene in, in all yeah. the Spider-Man movies? Yeah, they were like, and take her brawl off. That's all people. There's are the famous kiss scene, and then they're from one, and then this one when she's hung up, she's inexplicably soaked. Yeah, as <laughs> yeah, if like that building is like filling with water from the roof instead of from yeah. the ocean. Yeah, like. I guess maybe, like, Doc Ock took a shortcut through the water, but he seems real dry. <laughs> I could not figure that out when they cut to her, and I was like, wait, why is she soaking wet? Maybe they cut a scene where Doc Ock's, like, arms were just, like, spinning like fans to dry him off. <laughs> <laughs> well, they all had little towels, and they were just dabbing him. <laughs> so, another thing that was weird, so when Doc Ock kidnaps her, he doesn't have a shirt on. Which, oh, I gotta tell I, you guys, yeah. I was a little uncomfortable with that. It was yeah. a little strange. But why then, would like, that be the when case? When he meets up with Spider-Man after that, like, at the clock tower... He has a shirt on again. <laughs> he just puts Mary Jane down. He wanted to dress up. He was at the clock tower. <laughs> wait, wait, are you suggesting that he puts Mary Jane down and then goes into like a gap and has one of those like cliche movie sequences where he comes out and goes, eh? Yeah. <laughs> and no, then he just, the arms just go in through the windows and grab some shirts and no, then no, there's no, a montage no, of them no, trying them on. They should have filmed that because then Mary Jane and one of the arms can go thumbs down. <laughs> There were a couple moments where I felt like the arms were having like a like mm, I don't know like sort of like making like little sad faces when you say stuff. I'm him walking through like an old navy, just like yeah. and just the arms picking up different shirts and arguing over what like sweater to get him to wear. <laughs> Whoo! Excuse also, me. Like, all of his clothes are like to a degree custom tailored so that oh, these yeah. arms coming out of his back that's true fit in them. I mean, you got plenty. Of well, time. There's a lot of questions involving Doc Ock, like. He robs a bank for what appeared to be Sacagawea dollars, which yeah. Yeah. I, got, I worked at a bank for six years. Bags of coins are not something you no. hang on to, and you well, certainly do not have 40 well, of them. Those were doubloons. <laughs> yeah, it was like they robbed it. Like a, like a pirate came in and was like, all right, I need to make a deposit. And Joel, I, Joel McHale's like, no, Doc Ock, not the yeah, Another crazy, like, weird cameo that I was just like, this is sort of bizarre. Ugh. Another but weird... So how was he buying all the parts that he needed to make the fusion thing? No, yeah. 
yeah, I mean, like, did he go into a pawn shop? He's like, let me pawn off these gold coins. Or yeah, like, these and, like, they've been, like, boxes, like, they were delivery boxes. Yes, they're like, delivery. They're delivery to a, a derelict building that's sinking into the ocean? Yeah, yeah, just delivered under one derelict pier. <laughs> you know that building that looks like it's getting ready to fall into the, the Hudson? Yeah. I'm a truck out there. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Because those were huge boxes yeah. full of heavy metal things. And it's like, what did he do? Like, you bought yeah. the bank <laughs> the credit card? Yeah, but there's a lot of confusing elements like that, too, especially around Doc Ock. Like, A, how are you getting shit delivered? You don't have an address. Mm-hmm. You don't have money or credit cards. You don't have a computer. You don't have a phone. B, how are you keeping hobos out of your derelict house? Because that seems like a hangout spot for Why is that even there? I feel like in New York City, a building like that would be, like, instantly torn down. <laughs> like, they would be like, we need that land for something else. Well, uh, I mean, it's... To be fair, it's just on the water. We're building a Starbucks in the pier. Yeah. <laughs> but also, also and, and this is jumping around, but I don't care anymore. Uh, Doc Ock is told that Peter Parker, the photographer, is a good source of information on where to find Spider-Man and who he is. Oh, so yeah. Doc Ock says, I've got the perfect plan. I, yeah, I, we all probably thought the same thing. I'll find him at that coffee shop yeah. and whip a Toyota at him. Yeah. <laughs> he whips a Toyota at the two people he needs to complete yeah. his plan. What if that was just a photographer? <laughs> they would both be like crushed and he'd be like, oh. He he's like, I need to. Ew. Ew, 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 ew. Oh, I didn't think it's through. <laughs> uh, I'm going to have to go back to the drawing board. Can I get a scone real quick before I head out? Uh, <laughs> it was a coffee shop, guys. And after that, he like also. He grabs him and he throws him into a brick wall hard enough that the brick wall collapses on him. Yeah, yeah again, I, he must have known Peter Parker was... <laughs> they give no indication that he has any reason to believe that. Yeah. yeah. Also, He's did they ever... at a photographer. <laughs> did they ever explain why his arms were evil? I don't think it's that they were evil as much as they're amoral, and they're like, we need to do science at any cost. But why did they have that reaction at all? I got the idea, this is what I picked up on, I got the idea that the arms had a strong self-preservation, hence the weird Hitchcock horror sequence that occurs in the hospital when they try to ex- uh, they try to surgically remove them, mm-hmm. is, like, the arms are, like, are like attempting to keep Doc Hawk alive, like, like his, like, sidekick, like, trying to keep him alive at all costs, and his part of, of, of the equation is him being obsessed with his own goals, his arms turning him, in, him into this, like, desperate to get it done at all costs kind of person. So I think it's the two things blending that may, may lead to him being like, I will commit crime for science. Which, honestly, I think is yeah. one of the better reasons to create a scenario. Yeah, I thought it was fine. I just thought it was weird that, like, the idea is, like, the arms make him go evil. And I'm like, but why do they... Like, I got the premise of the inhibitor chip and all that. Also, doesn't it feel like he probably should have released those arms? Like, because that feels like something great for amputees. Like, if you can build an arm that lets your brain control it? Yeah, like, just don't let anyone break the blinky part that's... Well, maybe just don't give it super AI. Villain. <laughs> they, you know, like, an ordinary person probably doesn't need AI to run a fusion generator. Probably just needs to be able to hold a Coke or something. Yeah, I was confused by that because we, we have, even even during that time, we had at least rudimentary prosthetics. Yeah. And the, the conception being that your nerve endings just do that whole job. Like, mm-hmm. if yeah. you had to build a device that would attach arms to you and you drove it into your spinal column, the idea would be is that they would just sort of drive themselves and you would just move them like a limb. Like, they wouldn't have to have brains in them. <laughs> or, yeah, and then I was like, well, wait, well, they're, they're not that really, like, connecting to his brain. I guess maybe that's it. Like operating all those four arms independent of your two arms that you're normally using, like... Right. That's but, a little tough. But when you give it an AI, you don't have to give it the AI that has, like, 
a moral compass. Like right. it just needs or, to be able to be like, oh, I should pick that up. Like, or give it the moral compass that's good. Yeah, right. Just maybe like just in case, but in case that inhibitor chip breaks, how about you guys are just super altruistic? Also, write in a line of code. Just insert. Just hit page down and insert on a code that says human equals no kill. Like, like yeah. just drop that in there. Yeah, I just drop in the first, like, uh, beginning of every Isaac Asimov story <laughs> where it just lists the rules. Just type those in real quick. They're yeah. pretty great rules. Yeah. So like, let's, uh, let's talk about some more confusing features of Doc Ock. Um, when you're getting ready to launch a theoretical fusion generator, which could conceivably uh, consume all life on Earth, where should you do it at? A laboratory or your, your upscale apartment. apartment loft? In your apartment, <laughs> yeah! <laughs> what the? Why was it happening in his home? And yeah, bring your why wife. Why is it that, like, in one of the Oscorp laboratories? Yeah. Like, why, yeah. Why is it why two is it such, like, a beautiful apartment, too? Like, with, like, all of this, like, great glassware? I was just like, um... I really feel like Oscorp probably should have been sued for that. I do enjoy, though... Uh, what we're talking about this is the scene in which Peter is sitting down uh, for dinner with Doc Ock and his wife, because that was, that was amazing because they drove home and this is still in the first 30 minutes. They they drove home pretty hard that this is like a, this this felt like a family scene. Yeah. This felt like him sitting down with his dad and Mm -hmm. mom, like his dad, like like Doc Ock keeps giving him really like wise sage like advice about, you know, motive motivation and brilliant, but lazy. Yeah. And then the mom's just, being so pleasant and nice and serving food and like encouraging and being loving to like the whole relationship. Yeah. And you're like, Oh, this is painful. Like, and you can see Peter smiling. Like this is what yeah. he could be having. Also it, like the chemistry between Doc Ock and his wife, like the actors. Oh yeah. Great. That felt like legit. They totally sold that relationship that they were like so in love. That, For like, a superhero yeah. movie. Yeah, totally. That's a whole movie. Strong disagree. <laughs> really? um, can we talk about Doc Ock's like weird humor bits in this movie before he becomes Doc Ock? I don't recall any. Like the, you don't, we you don't recall the yeah. oh that yeah well yeah scientists love the, the lame jokes. Yeah. The bizarre opening to a speech about starting a fusion reactor, twenty dollar bills. Like, yeah. I was like, I don't. What the fuck is this in the movie for? You'd expect it would be like a uh, like an electron joke or something. Everybody. Yeah, at least make him do a science joke because otherwise I was like. Oh. What's the end game to this joke? <laughs> like, why is this in the movie? Cut this out. It's 30 seconds of worthlessness. <laughs> Cut back to that great love story between Mary Jane and, I guess, J. Jonah Jameson's son, who's not a werewolf in this Do movie. Do they ever cover that? That they're actually related? Because J. Jonah's, like, at yeah. the wedding, and... Yeah, he's mad, one of the... isn't he? What? Uh, yes. Yeah, yeah. I think I, I think I looked that up. It was uh, it was it was John Jameson is the astronaut. He's briefly Carnage. Uh, no, he's is he Carnage? No, I don't think yeah, he's, he's way carnage. later. He's he Carnage like a bit symbiote. That's like yeah. He starts off. He's he's a werewolf because he brings back yes. A he brings oh, back really? a like a magic he's man wolf or something. Oh, seventies yeah. storylines. Yeah. yeah, he made it to the moon and he comes back. And he's like, hey guys, this rock, I'm keeping it. <laughs> I'm gonna wear his necklace. Yeah, because NASA was just like, yeah, I guess. What can we do? And that turns them into a wolf. You know, the thing that the moon has a lot of. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think they call him man wolf too because that's like my favorite thing yeah. among Marvel. They were just like. We can't call him, like, you know... Wolfman. Swamp Man. We'll call him Man-Thing. How about well, how about a Wolfman? No, Universal owns that. When did... When did... When did, uh, when did Marvel decide that a hyphen was necessary before the man? I don't how, know. But, how well, many hyphened mans are there? Well, in the case of Spider-Man... Yeah. It's because they didn't want people buying comics to confuse it with Superman at a glance. 
Or 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 a Jewish writer named Sp- Spiderman. Yeah. <laughs> you got to get the Spidermans over. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I guess that makes sense. Uh, yeah, I, I think he's the only one with the hyphen. Now that you said it. Besides Man Wolf. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think it's one word. No, I looked it up. It's, it's, oh, it's, it's okay. It's Man Wolf with the hyphen. Man Thing. And I think Man Thing is a hyphen also. Um. I forgot what I was going to say, so that was a great um. It was very um, loud. What did you guys think of Aunt May's fight sequence? Uh, Oof, yeah. I wasn't, like, um, super thrilled with the with the, with the the uh, fight on the side of a building scene. It, that was where the CGI failed the most. Yeah. Um, it felt real wonky. And it was also, kind of you feel bad, because that's an old actress, so the whole time, like, yeah. the robot arm was yeah. holding him. I was like, ooh, I hope that's all CG. I feel bad for her. Don't pick her up, my yeah. dad. <laughs> Um, the whole thing also, like, where he just, like, drops her, and then, like, Spider-Man saves her, and he's like, oh, now I have to kill you for saving her. It's like, no, just run. Yeah. Why, why are you sticking around? Yeah. Get out of here. weird. Also, it's kind of a turn, because you get him, like I said before, the whole arms helping you, like, insisting on, like, you know, being vicious, like, almost animalistic to protect you for self-preservation needs, mm-hmm. and then you being this sort of, like, my life's been taken away scientist, that leads you to, like, go a little nuts, but, like... Throwing, whipping old ladies off buildings yeah. seems like a pretty quick turn. Yeah. <laughs> like, like being disappointed that they're safe. Yeah, like you just robbed a bank and like you grab a hostage. Yeah, but you, and, and, and if maybe the hostage saving like requires you to like let her go. But I mean, you're like, he throws her. Like, yeah. He's like fastballing an old lady to the concrete, which is like, whoa, dude. He's down. Yeah, he goes straight to like Insano super fast, especially because he seems really upset all those doctors are dead when he wakes yeah. up. Yeah, right. He, he gives like a tr- terrible yeah, no. Yeah, he's like, oh, I sh- these things should be at the bottom of the yeah. river, you know, like. But you know who can go fuck themselves? Old ladies. Yeah. <laughs> That's a really fast turn. Old ladies who just need a loan. <laughs> um, shit, I gotta quit saying um because I have no way to end this. I will tell you something I learned from this movie and from the previous Spider-Man movies. It's really hard for an actor to monologue by themselves in a film. Yeah. Uh, it's not great when Norman Osborn does it in the mirror. It's not great when Melina's talking to robot arms who are just sort of like slowly tilting left and right. Yeah. It's a rough acting choice, but like, I guess, you know, it could be worse. Maybe. I don't know. So I have, I have a question. What is the deal with Sam Raimi uh, making like imp- improvising decisions in filmmaking and then abandoning them a minute after? Are you it's- talking about the freeze frame? Yeah, well, a couple of things. In Spider-Man 1, we saw that scene that I famously mocked aggressively and captured a screenshot of. Yes. Peter thinks about buying a car, a picture of Mary Jane just hovers to his left, and then a car drives through it. (laughs) Like, in some weird, like... Like, outer teeth. Like, yeah, double dream, like, music video happening, like, off to the left of his head. That never resurfaces in the movie in any capacity. In this one, uh, there's a scene where we're, I think we're at the Daily Bugle, and then suddenly we do a ripple, a ripple splash to like Doc Ock's lair. Like we do a, like yes. a PowerPoint yeah. ripple transition. Yeah. And it was super jarring. And I was saying to Chris earlier, like if you're gonna do a weird thing like that, you gotta like stand on it because like you gotta keep, it's it's gotta be like the the wipe in, in Star, Star Wars. Wars. Exactly. You just keep doing it, even after you realize it was a bad choice. You yeah. just keep going with it. Exactly. And, and and after a while, it just kind of becomes endearing. Uh, no, he does that once, and then, yeah, he does, like, a freeze frame, like it's the end of a 90s sitcom intro. Speaking of, uh, things that this movie had, uh, shocking for a Superman, or superhero film is not one, but two music montages. Yeah. 
Was he building but up for they, the jazz, the jazz dance and three? Yeah, they don't. I get just three. Um, but I mean, what the? I didn't realize there was two of them. Yeah, there are two yeah. of them. It isn't the one the song from Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid. Well, one of them is Raindrops Falling on My Head. Right. I think that's in Butch Cassidy. It could be. It's a weird choice and a little on the nose. Like, I know you're like, oh, Peter's feeling better now that he's like has this weight off his shoulders. So it's like, should we like, should like a subtle sequence of him getting his life together? Like, no, have him jazz down the street. To... Yeah, and then what's that's like where the, the freeze frame happens is at the end. So it feels like it's the Mary Tyler Moore opening. And, like, and, it's just like, nothing's worrying me. And, and then it pauses. And, and I expect for it like, to pop up and be like, Spider-Man was filmed in front of a lost studio audience. Yeah. It doesn't pause and then move on to a new scene. It then continues for another second of that scene. Yeah, so he exits the frame. He exits the frame, then cuts. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was sort of like at the end of Police Files where they would pretend to freeze frame. Yeah. Uh, they also they also had a couple of moments where people like looked directly at the camera. Like, there was that one woman in like the, the apartment who's panicking and running away from Doc Ock climbing the wall. Yeah, that's the she one. She runs the camera. There's like a Mary Jane looks at the camera. There's a, a bunch of looking at the camera, which again, if that's a thing you're going to do, like lock on to that, but he's not doing that. Like, It's also not, I mean, here's just a tip. It's not good. You don't have people like mug in movies. It, it is not good. <laughs> just don't do it. It usually doesn't work unless it's specifically to break the fourth wall. It's weird. I don't know. It feels... Like a classic Raimi thing to do. I feel like he does that in a lot of his movies. Yeah. Like, I mean, I can just, like, think about just, like, Evil Dead and Army of Darkness. Like, Ash does that a lot. Yeah, that's true. Um, Who's in this movie? Yes, who is, once again, in, in this movie. movie. Yeah, uh, he was the oh, wrestling it. announcer in one, and now he's the annoying usher in yeah. two. And again, I like to pretend that it's the same character. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, just, I just after, after that guy got robbed, they had to shut down the illegal wrestling ring. <laughs> and he was like, all right, I guess. I mean, I worked in show business. Maybe I can get a job at the theater. I'm only qualified to be an usher. Chris, I have a question for you. Mm-hmm. How goddamn cute was that little baby in the apartment on fire sequence? That little Asian baby? That he saves and then helps him up. <laughs> that was pretty adorable. Although, honestly, picking his hand up like that with <laughs> yeah. no leverage probably actually hurt him climbing yeah. up yeah, uh, more than it helped. Uh, See, but cute, so, little background, that's actually the um, stunt coordinator's daughter. Really? And the stunt coordinator and his wife actually play her parents in the movie. Oh, wow, I didn't know that. I was really hoping that when he brought out the baby and handed it to that couple, they'd be like, this isn't our child. You just assumed <laughs> yeah. Asian. our child's Asian. That's pretty Racist. messed up, bro. <laughs> yeah, we adopted, motherfucker. Um, it's also weird because, like, she has, like, knee pads on underneath her pajama pants that look really awkward. And it's, it's kind of, like, a, a tough thing to catch. But I'm like, she wasn't really doing stunts. I don't know why she has knee pads on. Oh, yeah, on. she's probably helping the people do stunts or something. Oh, that's weird. I didn't notice that. Yeah, child labor laws. I was also really hoping that when Peter follows the sound and opens the door, it's just William Defoe yeah. in another woman's outfit. <laughs> oh, I know. I was hoping. At first, when he walked in there, I was like, yeah. I didn't remember real well. I was like, motherfucker, is Doc Ock in this building? Is this like they're, the screenwriters are like, this is how they get spiders? Stop, stop going to burning <laughs> buildings. All old ladies, die in fires. Yeah. I'm done. <laughs> also, it feels like fires in New York get out of hand super fast. Like, both of those buildings, by the time the fire department shows up, are gone. Like, they're just smoldering wrecks, and you're just like, hi, I feel like New York's not great at calling in fire trucks. Yeah. So, uh, it is now time for Christian and I to settle an age-old argument uh, oh, that has resurfaced uh, throughout numerous late evenings at bars. Uh, Spider-Man 2 has been a point of contention between Christian and I, specifically surrounding <laughs> one particular sequence, in which uh, Spider-Man uh, pushes himself... 
to his <laughs> absolute limit to stop a train full of New York uh, New York citizens from crashing into the harbor. Uh, and in doing so, loses his mask in the preceding fight with Doc Ock and then collapses from exhaustion inside the train in which a train car full of uh, full of other other, you know, locals uh, rescues him, returns his mask and promises to never give up a secret. Uh, I call bullshit. Yeah. And uh, just to point out that Ben is correct. Here's a, <laughs> oh, here's no. a note I wrote, which is. Oh, yeah. yeah. Never... Prove that I'm right by your notes. <laughs> exactly, Ben, because how can I be wrong? <laughs> But I did write a note that said, this is complete bullshit. This is New York City. There's some asshole who just took a picture of him and is going to sell it to the Daily Bugle. I, that, that, that has been my so, point, which has led Chris and I to scream at each other in, in, in a bar yeah, we at 2 a.m. where I'm just screaming, <laughs> humanity is basically evil! <laughs> I 100% agree. We are the worst thing ever. It's actually, no. In, in full, this argument is whether that's more realistic than the ending of The Dark Knight, where the civilians choose not to blow up the prisoners. Right. I say this is more realistic. He says The Dark Knight's more realistic. Yeah, that's the, core, the crux of our argument. Um, and I we think that The Dark Knight's more realistic because one person, I don't think one person on that boat is willing to be the murderer. If they could do it without having to actually push a button, like they could all vote, and then they could like push off the blame, they would do it. But it's the fact that one person has to push the button is what makes the Dark Knight more realistic. See, I think I do not think the average person is capable of committing mass murder. Oh, see, you, me, and you are on two completely different pages there. <laughs> wait, wait, you think it's more likely that a person will commit mass murder than somebody would take a picture of Spider Man to make and like fifty grand? Well, for someone who just saved their life and in that like moment. Oh yeah, people are never ang- or never ungrateful in this world. <laughs> I have to bring up a lot of times where where firemen are sued by their the people they rescued, but that's. Later, that's not because like the second it happened. I, I'm not saying the person takes the picture and like jumps off the train and is like "fuck you." I'm just saying he's got that picture. He's like, "Oh man, I gotta call JJ." I have to say this is pre-smartphones. Like, this was 2006. Yeah, no, 2004. 2004, motherfucker. They still had cameras on cell phones. Yeah, they weren't as they weren't but as like, accessible. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like it's like fucking like five menus to get yeah. your camera going. You got you got your fucking razor. Yeah, I still feel like somebody immediately went to the press and was yeah, like, "I think as Spider-Man soon as someone it. pulled out a camera and shot that photo, three other guys would have beat the shit out of that guy and broken that phone in New York City." I just don't know if they would have noticed. See, for me, uh, all I see are the people that are uh, that are making my morning commute horrible. <laughs> so on that train, so I I can't help but be like, man, all of these fucking assholes would be like, my neck hurts. Uh, I'm suing you, yeah. guys. Oh yeah, <laughs> the human beings in the world are all garbage. We're all garbage. I'm sorry to let you people know this. We are the worst. If there's anything this podcast could teach you, <laughs> but no, I, I I do enjoy this argument because it drives Chris and I to talk yeah. about uh uh it, it, about comic books addressing morality and specifically comic book movies mm-hmm. addressing morality uh which i think is super interesting i don't actually feel one particularly strong way yeah. or the other the I argument think, is more fun i think it's than... fine until i believe one time we included the waitress in this argument and tried to make her pick a side <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> a restaurant that, that definitely wow. I'm sure that I'm sure that impressed her a lot. Hopefully, you guys both already had girlfriends by then. That waitress, my wife. Uh, no, no, I, I think that would just quit the day. Yeah, yeah if that had started. If that had you had met her, she would have been like, "Well, I'm out." She went on to become a nurse, so you're welcome. Um. Uh, how about that Tobey Maguire face though, when he's straining to get that rough oh, man? Yeah. <laughs> it's like I know that you need to indicate like extreme exertion, but there's ways that look like you're not 
Like, his cry and exertion face both yeah, look like he's pooping his pants. Yeah. <laughs> like, not even... Yeah. And, not like, even, it's not a good poop. It's not one you want to be taking. <laughs> um, he needs to drink more water. Also on that train, another weird cameo. So, like, in the front of the train car, like, you know, looking out that window as they're, like, about to fly off the thing, is Phil Lamar? I don't know if anyone else oh, knows no, who I, he is. Yeah, I definitely know who Phil Lamar is. Um, so, like, also Mad TV, a lot of voice acting work. Yeah. Um, so he is the Green Lantern in the Justice League animated series, uh, John Stewart. He's Samurai Jack. He's a vamp in the Metal Gear Solid series. He's all over the place. But then, yeah, he's like, he's the uh, energetic UPS delivery guy in Mad TV. Yeah. He's uh, fantastic. I think he's so really, it's, it's really so weird because it's kind of jarring because, like, you're just seeing there's just, like, four people standing there. It's like, wait, Phil Lamar? Yeah. He also gets shot in the backseat of uh, oh, yeah, Pulp, Pulp Fiction. Oh, yeah, in Pulp Fiction. By John Travolta. Yeah. yeah, he's Marvin in Pulp Fiction. Yeah. Yeah, but no, I, I, I totally missed him in that scene because there was yeah, I didn't so notice many people in that sequence. I also was just, like, lament, like... When Spider-Man tries to stop the train by pushing his foot into the train tracks, and it doesn't work, and then he pops up, and the conductor's like, you got any more ideas? It's like, hey, fuck you, buddy. I'm trying to save your life here. How about you're a little more appreciative? That felt that felt more accurate. Yeah, I guess, see? And that's my point. That train conductor is on his way to the Daily Bugle as we speak. I did write in my notes in all caps, it's yeah. time for Chris and I to fight about humanity. Yeah. <laughs> fight for the soul of... Uh... Of Gotham. So, Speaking of daily, the Daily Bugle, uh, when Spider-Man comes back, they release a newspaper instantly. Like, he steals the costume, and then there's, like, the spinning thing. It's like, he's back. That's just later that day that he's going to fight Doc Ock. They yeah. released the newspaper in, like, 40 minutes. It also seems that the, the Daily Bugle is less like the New York Times and more like the New York Post. You know? Oh, yeah, their headlines <laughs> all have, like, a, a pun in them. I think they're always supposed to be a tabloid. Yeah, they're a real... Paper. At least, definitely in the movies. They're a real... Like, I think yeah. I think later, as as papers became less and less relevant, I think they were like, well, the Daily Bugle's like you know the Post. It's a joke. People read it because it has funny puns about Anthony Weiner on the you know in the headlines. So this is uh this is the worst question to ask on a comic book podcast. But what's uh what I'm spacing on the name of Superman's newspaper? The Daily Planet. Oh, it's I thought I was gonna yeah. Just, I thought I was doing the same thing. I was I, saying I was that. like, am I missing those two up? Daily Planet. That's right. Get more creative, comic book writers. Yeah. Um, yeah. A lot of papers are it, called it Daily Planet. It like a Daily Planet, where they're doing investigative journalism to, like, take down corruption. No. It's like... Have you... Did you go see Batman vs. Superman yet? I have not. Uh, they basically, in that movie, they he, at one point, Perry White's like, nobody wants to read the news. Cover sports. Well, don't like, forget... Basically, in the movie, you're like, newspapers are fucking stupid. Don't forget... It's like, like the weirdest twist. About 79 Superman, in which... In which uh, 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 the the main character, uh, uh, God damn, what is the fucking, all my words have disappeared. Post, cut this, cut this out of the goddamn podcast. But uh, Lois Lane, Lois Lane can't spell like any words. And she, There's she, only one P in rapist. Well, writing one piece, she asked how to spell rapist <laughs> and like cannibalist and like justice. Like, it's like yeah, it's like some weird like. <laughs> It's like, I don't want to read this article. What I'm saying is... is, is also, her next article is, is Superman guessing what color panties she's wearing. <laughs> yeah, so maybe it's not the hard-hitting newspaper I thought it was. That happens. <laughs> I don't know if you know that, Chris. You should check it out. It's super fucking creepy. <laughs> um, does anyone else think they should carry around a really cool-looking dagger just in case they need to stab with their enemies? <laughs> oh, yeah, I actually bought one. Sweet dagger. by my door now. <laughs> Like, he just, he doesn't just, like, have that, like, there's no scene where he, like, picks that up, 
because oh this is my father's and he's like keeps handling it because he like it reminds him of his father and it's around he just like grabs it off a coffee table <laughs> like that's just around for like di- dividing up coke lines with or I, something I will say in this movie's defense which I will finally come to its defense this is the same house that was like covered in every mask that has ever been made in the history of uh, facial right. coverings. So who knows what's like? There's probably a rack of those things right yeah. out of the shot. He probably was pissed it was on the table. Like Norman was probably like, "What the fuck? A mask could go this here." This goes in the dagger yeah. room. <laughs> this is uh, clearly facial ornamentation room. Like, and we're jumping all over the place. Yeah, but just, I'm just since we're in that scene, talk up. Okay, so this scene is Doc Ock is delivering Spider-Man to Harry Osborn in exchange for the tritium to run the new machine that's going to eventually almost destroy New York. And Doc Ock has, like, gone through this, he's, like, captured Spider-Man. It's been, like, this fucking hard fight. Like, he had to really push Spider-Man before he was able to, like, take him down. He just wraps up in some barbed wire. Yeah. It's like... Okay, this will well, be. I think the, the the bigger question is, he shows up and he's like, "All right, I need more tritium." And Harry's like, "All right, bring Spider Man here so I can kill him and I'll give it to you." One, why doesn't Doc Ock just be like, "Or how about I just start breaking your bones to give me the fucking tritium?" Like, why do I have to do anything? You have the. There's I no think bargaining. The problem is, is that it's not like Oscorp has the tritium, right? Which apparently they do, because he just gets it later that afternoon and it's in a wall safe. Okay, I think it's point. taken. I think it. <laughs> Longer has passed. Yeah. Uh, okay. They make it clear in the beginning that there's only eight ounces of it or something in the entire world. Twenty-five pounds. That ball looks like it's at least four pounds. <laughs> so they own at least like a fourth of the or a fifth of the tritium, and it's just in Oscorp, man. Yeah. Yeah. Oscorp. I guess they're doing great. Also, I do love that he's like, "All right, how am I supposed to find Spider-Man?" He's like, "We'll go ask Peter Parker, the photographer." And then he's walking away. He's like, "Don't hurt Peter." It's like, motherfucker. You just told a man to go in, and they're like, of course he's going to hurt Peter. Yeah. Did you think this through at all? I mean, I don't think he... He was kind of put on the spot. He was. Just I just thought that was like the weirdest thing straight. when he yells down afterwards. Like, yeah. don't hurt Peter. Also, bring me back a cappuccino. <laughs> Extra foam. Um, I'm actually confused. So when Peter eventually breaks free of the barbed wire and is like, he's got Mary Jane, you have to tell me where he is. How the hell does Harry know where he is? I, they never explain that. That, that was never it. part of any exchange they had. Feels like some cuts happened. Yeah. Yeah, some cuts. Sure. Yeah. There's some definitely moments where you can tell some cuts occurred to make things a little more confusing. Well, we had to work in that rubber band $20 bill bid. They cut They cut at least like 60% Franco out of this movie. <laughs> like, he, he has no cohesive plot in, in any part of this film, which is a shame because he's being built to lead up to Green Goblin Mm-hmm. And by lead up, I mean they aggressively whip him at your face. Oh, you want to talk yeah. about somebody who – you want to talk about a quick origin story. I think the next movie starts and it's like, boy, I sure am Spider-Man. Holy shit, Green Goblin. Whoops, he's <laughs> it's just like, holy shit, like everything just happened in five minutes. Right. Yeah, maybe Plus, maybe our algorithm isn't under 30, but between 20 and 30. <laughs> but I think the next movie was like, there's no time. We've introduced 48 characters in this movie, and we've got to get through every origin as quickly as possible. Yeah, actually, this is this is super interesting. Um, Michael Chabon uh, actually wrote the original draft for this movie. Uh, he's a pretty mm-hmm. famous uh, uh, literary fiction author. Yeah. He wrote about um, the original creators of Superman. Uh, he wrote the, yeah, the Escapist. Yeah, he wrote, the, he wrote a lot of oh. really interesting comic book-related stuff. Um. And he wrote the first draft of this movie, and he had more villains in this. He had, uh, I think he had Sandman, and he had uh, Doc Ock, and he had at least one other. I'm spacing on who it is, but he had what some is, of the seven. What is, you mean the six? The six. Uh-oh. The Sinister, Sinister Six. Uh-oh. 
what's the deal with comic book movies and being like, how many villains can we put in one movie? It's not a good idea. It's never a good I, idea. It's never it worked. Like, this franchise is going to sink soon, so let's get as many characters in here. The rule is pick... Do you think it's like a, a toy thing? I think it's... I don't know. I, I think it's desperation because they don't know how many more they're going to make, so they want to, like, draw... They want to be like... Because movies like this get exciting when they're like, hey, did you hear who the vulture is going to be? Did you hear who... You know, did you hear Patrick Stewart's going to play the Vulture? Oh, my God. Did you hear Sean Connery's going to play the Vulture? Like, you want to hear that shit. uh, And so if they can, like, triple down on that and draw interest in the movie, it's like, why not? Once you buy the tickets, it's too late. Mm -hmm. So, And to be fair, it was John Balsamich was the rumored Vulture. Oh, that's even better than anything I just said. But it's never worked. No, it never works. No, yeah. I think the formula has got to be you got to pick an A level villain to be in there, and then maybe you can get like a C level in there as like a subplot, but you can't shoot for more than one A. You cannot do it. Right. All right, real quick, since you brought this up. Okay. We're saying Patrick Stewart, perfect vulture. Or I guess uh, you should John Malkovich. John Malkovich, probably. Yeah, I okay. that. He's, he's even older now, so it would be really good. We're going to go the original Sinister Six. Okay, yeah, let's do it. Dreamcasting. Dreamcasting for Doc Ock. I don't remember the Dreamcaster. Uh, was he? Oh, yeah. <laughs> something that sounds like it. legit 70s, what everyone <laughs> forgot about. You know my rules about you and your fucking puns, man. Damn. Damn. Yeah, all right, go ahead. Who would be the Dreamcaster? Who would you think would be the perfect Doc Ock? Um, I mean, honestly, I'm really happy with uh, yeah. Alfred I would have to agree. or whatever his name is. Um, all right, let's say we keep him. Then you've got Electro, so we all know it's going to be... Uh... Jamie Foxx. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I couldn't think of his name. I was going to call him Jamie Lee Curtis, and I was like, that's not even remotely right. Uh, any one of the Waynes brothers. Um... I mean, let's face it, Electro could be played by, like, a mop with a face any... drawn. Yeah, like, the character has no personality. It's Benedict Cumberbatch. All right. <laughs> no, Mysterio. Let's because like he's best as is like a voiceover ooh, guy. Ooh, no, I want like George Clooney, but you never see his face. He's just the fishbowl the whole time. <laughs> All right. Uh, Craven, <laughs> like a really Craven expensive actor to hire, but he'd never get his face out of it. <laughs> Craven the Hunter, which I did not know he was in the original. Oh, since yeah, he's uh, really Cal Drogo. Uh, what's his name? Uh, the guy who's playing the guy's uh, Aquaman right, yeah. right now. Yeah. yeah, I can see that. Yeah. Uh, okay, and then last we've got Sandman. Uh, Chameleon wasn't in the original six. Oh, uh, you're getting I mean, called out, motherfucker! I'm, I'm, I'm basing this off of Wikipedia. I I, I did not. Well, I'm basing this off of the Spider-Man fucking expert, Dick. Well, I'm so, basing it off of fucking a website that actually <laughs> verified its facts. Did it? I don't know. Um, it's Wikipedia. Citation. <laughs> citation needed. Footage not found. Um. So, um but we're talking. Uh, Wait, we're going with Chameleon or... Sandman. 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 You can do Chameleon if you want, but I don't think he was ever part of a Sinister Six. I my head of the Sandman from the from 3. Like he I, actually, he did a pretty good job as Sandman. Um, the it? movie didn't do him much justice in terms of, like, giving him, you know, like, lines to act off of, but, uh... It's gotta be someone with, like, a real sharp haircut. Like, a real, like, like, like looks good with, like, a military cut. Mm-hmm. And kind of buff. Like, I'm thinking, like, yeah, even, even like, Tom Jane. Kind of rough, like, like... Yeah. Basically, Jane. basically, basically, dig up any movie in which someone plays a, a mafia role more than once. <laughs> that guy's probably going to nail a Sandman role. All right, real quick, just because I did not appreciate your lip, the chameleon was never in the Sinister Six. All of you can eat a dick, and that's according to Marvel's Marvel's own Wikipedia. No. Okay, we'll, we'll see. So, uh, my guest Chris Arneson got that wrong this time. <laughs> Quick, hide it. I'm I'm fine with it. 
It's he wasn't the one who was like so gun ho. All right, it was you. You were a little feisty. Yeah, that's a good point. Uh, uh, also, I did love that Norman Osborn's safe combination was to turn the dial once. <laughs> <laughs> Let me just get into the safe three and done. What do you think Oscorp's doing now? Because uh, they tried to get into weapons development for a bit. Do you think they got run out of the game because from Tony Stark? I. I not, wonder, there's not really a lot of room for like two giant superhero run weapons. They're, like they're doing great though now because he's not going to make weapons anymore. Did you even watch that movie? Yeah, but then he makes like a lot of them. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, it was all weapons. Actually, it's just an entire basement full of them. Uh, an- another uh, outside fact that I picked up in looking at this movie: uh, three the 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 Spider-Man costume between one and two was stolen three times. During filming, they were eventually recovered. A studio uh, guard had been stealing costumes since one of the original Batmans and making like hundreds of thousands of dollars on like the black market. The prop back. Oh, I shit. And he got caught and like got a serious jail time for it. I but, would imagine, yeah. yeah I would yeah. listen to an entire like This American Life episode yeah, about like that guy. I feel like a true crime. Yeah, I want to like, hear yeah, all yeah, about that. That should be the next serial. <laughs> yeah, that, yeah, yes. I want to hear a serial all about the guy that stole Spider-Man. Uh, but, like, one of them he got sold for, like, $100,000 or something insane. And that doesn't surprise me. Because, yeah. Like, especially when you're dealing with, like, a property this popular. When superhero movies are just becoming yeah. the biggest thing on the planet. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I'm not surprised at all. Oh, yeah. I, that's um, crazy, though, that it was stolen three times and they kept getting it back. Uh, uh, Wolverine... Uh, the actor who plays Wolverine said that there was uh, there was multiple attempts uh, and script rewrites to get him into the movie for just a brief kind of gaggy kind of walk on because X Men had come out in like what two thousand so he was like kind yeah, of that's, that's uh, X Men it, it's two different X-Men companies two had already come out oh, was it two had already come out yeah okay yeah. Uh, but it never actually quite happened but I would have loved it's weird though because those are two separate companies who own those yeah. Sony and Fox but I think like maybe they're just like hey. We're yeah. both making Marvel movies. Let's just just kind of like pool our resources a little bit. Not like you know, not huge. actually. You know what? I think I remember when I back in the day that there was some rumor they were going to make a joint movie, a Spider Man X Men movie. Maybe I'm imagining that. Maybe you know what, guys? I was right with the chameleon. I'll admit that I was wrong here. I could see Hugh Jackman like doing a bit that would be funny. Like I could see that. Like when Hugh Jackman appears in First Class, for instance. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they did, they're asking to like recruit him for the team, and he just tells him to like gives him like the yeah. middle, the middle claw, whatever. Like that shit was would be funny. I could see that. I could see some bit. It would be funny, except for the fact that why didn't they just travel back in time and change everything then? <laughs> <laughs> um, Different podcast yeah. episode. True, true. Uh, was there anything else? I was trying trying to just look through my notes here. Yeah, uh, I know we blew through things in random order, but... Also, uh, do you really just stop fusion by just dipping it in the river? That feels like that wouldn't really stop a constantly renewing energy source. Yeah, you think the cops asked asked Spider-Man, oh, you you took care of everything, right? Uh, The reactor is shut off? He goes, no, I just drowned (laughs) it and the villain, but I'm sure it won't be a problem if there's a sun in the river now. (laughs) I mean, let's face it, it's not a very clean river. It can only help. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, but yeah, did you have anything we skipped over? Uh, I'm just, I'm, I'm looking through my notes. Like, there were kind of like, just like, there were definitely a lot of like, awkward lines. Like, we're like, at the gala, where like, Peter's like, kind of like, trying to like, win Mary Jane back. And he's just, like, I've been reading poetry. It's like, oh, okay. Oh, yeah. I think you're beats poetry um, to her. Yeah, he starts like, he's like, Ugh. man, real awkward. And like, I mean, I get it. Peter Parker is probably still a virgin at this point. Like, I don't think he's been dating. It's fair. Um, you don't think he's gotten a handy from that girl who lives across the hall? <laughs> Ooh, interesting. Yeah, that was a weird sort of like kind of lovey. Yeah, like the, the and so completely out of nowhere. Yeah, like 
Yeah, uh, uh, listeners, rem- rem- reminded that there is a, a ton of scenes, almost as much as Aunt May in this movie, from from t- from Peter's landlord, who has a, like... St- Who's running, like, a tenement. Yeah. Which he also then lives in, which I don't think he understands how to run, like, a slum. And he has sort of, like, a, a, a daughter who keeps sort of, like, eyeballing Peter Parker and eventually serves him cake to no effect in the film don't worry she shows up in three and that's how we know he's a bad guy because he asked her to make him some cookies Mm -hmm. and then you're like oh shit peter's he's like oh make me some different ones make me some with chocolate chips this time yeah he's like how about you got any with nuts yeah go make me some and give me some milk and you're like oh (laughs) shit son was she a plant for just that scene god damn it i feel like she knows sam raimi or something because i could not figure out why she was in this movie again like maybe Cut out that those scenes and explain to us how Harry knows where the doc yeah, or give him more Doc Ock. Absolutely, yeah. Like that's my biggest complaint with this movie because I will say, watching it again, I was like, "Oh, I don't actually like this movie," and I was bummed out because I remember really liking it. I thought when I saw it, but like my main complaint is not enough Doc Ock. I really liked uh, Alfred Molina is is Doctor Octopus. I thought he was good. I thought the care. I thought it was like an interesting take on the character. I liked the plot that they were gonna do, but it just seemed like he was just like shoehorned into other scenes. And I think it felt like they'd made the character and they're like, all we got is the train scene. Uh, how about, how about Aunt May has to get a loan and he shows up to rob a bank. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I got a guy who can do the, this, the CGI for that one. Right. Yeah. I know a guy. My stepbrother I, like, yeah. Like when I was watching the movie, that and like the scene where he's like carrying Mary Jane away after like, oh, yeah. that coffee shop. I'm just like, why didn't they just try to do like green screen that? Like, who sold them is like, no, don't worry. This CGI will look amazing. Yeah, it's a pretty easy scene. And like, then, like, are you going to render it afterwards? Oh, rendering. That's what we forgot to do. Yeah. It's just that flat just, guy in, just two guys on a green screen outfit holding her up while he walks away with it. Like, right. Done. Yeah. yeah, you're over. It literally could not have looked worse. Yeah. Because yeah. it really does. That and the scene where they're falling and punching each other are so, like, jarringly bad that I, like, I they really, I was like, oh, Wow, because the special effects for the arms are so good everywhere else that it's really bad when all of a sudden it's like bad CGI and you're just like, oh, this is a real bummer. But uh, not, not even so much like the visual effects, but just like the fight choreography and stuff like that is so much better in this movie than it is in the first Spider-Man movie. Just it's because like really good. Doctor Octopus is a much more visually like com- like for combat, yeah, a much more interesting villain than a guy riding around on a jet board. Oh, absolutely. There's like whips and tosses. They, they, yeah. They're both can be on the side of a building, even if the CGI is shitty. And they have to use their powers in really interesting ways. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because he has to hold on to something and like to balance himself, mm-hmm. and he himself is not like strong or like impact resistant so he has to right. be blocking for sh- yeah you're right yeah. it's sort of like a sort of like a skirmish happening there i really like that too um i have to bring up another point uh at the end of this movie mary jane's a fucking asshole yeah That's yeah a- that although i will say that leads to probably the only like good joke in the entire movie which is when they realize that she's left him at the altor and JJ or JJ and Jameson tells her to call like Lisa or whatever. Just like the caterer. He's like, don't open the caviar. <laughs> and I was like, I actually like legitimately laughed at that bit. I, again, JJ Jonah is killing it in every scene he's in. Oh yeah. He's chewing up the scenery, but what the fuck is up with? I mean, I get that she, I, I, the whole movie, she has really troubling inconsistencies. A, she's agreeing to marry a guy yeah. like a week into a dating. It seems like they don't seem to have known each other for very long at all. Yeah, and when she tells Peter about him on his birthday, which I thought was like sort of a fucked up time to mention that you moved on, 
but she's just like, he's like, is it serious? And she's like, I, maybe it could be. And then like two days later, they're like, we're getting married. And you're just like, wait, what the fuck happened to, she seemed really unsure when she was telling him about it. Also later when they're walking through the streets after he comes, finally comes and sees her show, he keeps saying like, no, you're too late. Like words like encouraging him to like fight for her. And like, and like, and I'm like, this poor fucking guy, man. Yeah. yeah. She really shits on him. And then also, maybe I'm wrong. I thought it was implied at the end of the first movie that she realized he was Spider-Man. I yeah, feel Wasn't like it? it was, but then, you know, they just couldn't do that. Like, I guess not. It just wouldn't make sense for another movie. I don't, I don't know. know. Like, but God, yeah. Like that moment where like she realized he's Spider-Man. And he's like, oh, yep, this is, this is why. And like. His reasoning for, like, why he can't date her just doesn't make any sense. No, no. It, yeah, it would imply that he would lose his identity right away, which, again, I, I'm i almost inclined to agree is legit because he does a terrible job with the identity. He takes his mask off a lot. Yeah, at one point when his powers go away, he just pulls his mask off in the middle of an alley. It's broad daylight. Yeah. Like, maybe keep that on. And when he tries to do the jump to see if he's okay, not dressed as Spider-Man, just in regular clothes, falls between two apartment buildings. Right. I wanted to see him get knocked unconscious and wake up to a bunch of people standing around and be like, is that? Yeah. Is this some guy? <laughs> some guy taking guy? a picture and be like, gotta go! Gotta yeah. go! <laughs> ben was right! <laughs> I'm evil! Um, I would have pushed the button on the boat. Oh no, Chris <laughs> is right too! I don't uh, think I have anything else to do. No, I think I'm wrapped up. I, my last one was, okay, so Harry... Having the conversation with his dead dad. Yeah. You know, have this breaking point where he's like, he's conflicted and he throws the knife through the, the mirror and then he goes in the goblin lair and there's just these pumpkin bomb grenades just sitting on a glass shelf. Yeah. These balls, like just, there's nothing preventing you from just oh, yeah. rolling off this shelf. Carefully arranged. Yeah. They are flat on one side, I think. <laughs> and, yeah. And, and I believe. But they appear to go on, like, down a hallway to infinity. Yeah. yeah. Like, I don't know if that's supposed to be a mirror, but it looks like they just travel forever. And I believe we saw these bombs, like, neutralize people. Like, they melted yeah. people to skeletons. So. Oh, yeah. Like, if there's a rat in your crawl space, there's <laughs> a chance half your house is gone. You wake yeah. up one day and just the butler's just a pile of dust. Just some bad CGI skeleton. Which <laughs> is so precarious. Like, yeah. It does feel like at least put a door on him. You know, like... Do you think there was a door to get to that? Or do you think... Uh, you have to break the mirror. Yeah. <laughs> shatter a mirror. Every time the butler's like... Well, it's bad luck. So. Oh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Just... <laughs> yeah. Fuck! I need you to replace that mirror, 80-year-old butler. Yeah. Why do I no, not wait, hire... Wait, wait, I'm sorry, I forgot my cell phone. <laughs> 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 Sir, uh, I hate to tell you, but we're going to have to leave the mansion. Why? I don't understand. What happened to our money? Well, you've been going through a lot of mirrors lately. <laughs> yeah, just, just, just the CFO coming in. We're spending so much money on mirrors. Yeah, I just that uh, half of our income is going towards mirrors. Do you know anything about that? No. Also, also tribal masks. A lot yeah. of money in tribal yeah. masks. And cool daggers. <laughs> Who's writing all this off? You bought $700,000 worth of what you call revenge daggers. Do you, what exactly does that mean? Uh, I think that does it for Spider-Man 2. If you take anything uh, from this episode, make sure to Google (laughs) Spider-Man Scooter Pizza Launcher. Definitely. (laughs) Definitely look up Doc Ock singing the uh, uh, Fiddler Fiddler on the Roof. roof. Yeah, Yeah, definitely look that up. Uh, Would you guys recommend seeing this movie? Honestly, yeah, I know you disparaged it. uh, I I would say still watch it because I do think there's parts of it that are great. And it is – it's – 
good enough to make fun of and have fun while watching. I wasn't like bored while I was watching or anything. Yeah, it's highly competent. It it doesn't. I know we joked about the landlord scenes, but it doesn't waste a lot of screen time. Uh, and the fight. Oh, it wastes a lot of screen time, but it's on stuff that's like laughable because you're just like, what the fuck? You know, like the music montages you're just like this is insane yeah. it's like funny i'm still on board with it and then the fight sequences even when the bad cgi kicks in the choreography is just brilliant mm-hmm. so you yeah can... whoever whoever did the the work for staging those for using doc ox arms like did a killer job of like showing how having four extra arms that weigh like a certain weight and stuff and how you'd be able to use them also, that stuff's worth it complete side note um there's a man in the the casting for this movie whose name is tim storm and his uh his assigned role is chainsaw doctor so uh <laughs> that's per maybe currently tip top uh uh imdb name yeah. convention but I, yeah, believe, uh, I wonder what else he went on to be uh your your uh your so, take on i know you're obviously a huge yeah fan. i'm a huge fan of this movie i think it still like stands up pretty well even though superhero movies have come a very long way since when this was made. Like, at this time, this was just... I couldn't imagine them making a better superhero movie, uh, especially compared to what existed uh, previous to this movie. I would say that this is a downturn from the first one, as far as, like, being a comic book movie. This one felt, like, more like it was just... I don't know what. But the first one's, like, perfect comic book. This one felt like it was... Good comic book with random shit thrown in. I'm sorry. I had to check. Uh, the man who was the fight choreographer for Spider-Man 2 was also the fight choreographer for Fred Claus. So oh. there you go. Uh, wow. That is that is <laughs> we're all done. a promotion. We're all done here. <laughs> yeah. He's got a lot of other great films yeah. to his name. No, I was just don't, being... don't let that. He, yeah. has, he has like 30 credits. Like Oh, I, was gonna say, I thought that was it. I was like, just... wow. He did the fight choreography for a major action film and then went on to do the... Yeah. You know, everyone everyone watches Fred Claus for the fight sequences. Yeah. I'm not even sure. Is that that movie where it's it, with the... What's his name? That's Tim Allen. Yeah. That's no. Tim, no, that's the Santa Allen. Claus. It's um, the guy from Swingers. Uh, yeah, what is that? Vince Vaughn. Crashers. Um, Vince Vaughn, right? Vince Vaughn, yeah. Yeah, okay, there we go. Look, we're going to cover all of this in our Santa movie podcast, Claws and Effect. Yeah. We will cover it all. God damn it. <laughs> I'm so angry, but so <laughs> uh, Well, that's it for, for Spider-Man 2. Uh, you can, of course, follow the show on Twitter at NAOSpod or go to Facebook.com slash NAOSpod. Leave us a message. And uh, I'd like for you guys, if you do listen this far in, and you like us on Facebook. If you don't, please like us, rate us for the, you know, wherever you're listening to. That's awesome. But go to our Facebook page and post who's right, Ben or Chris, as far as which is more ridiculous, Batman, Dark Knight, uh, people not blowing up prisoners, or somebody on that bus not, or train not being an asshole. Also, chime in on what you think about humanity and the inherited, and the inherited nature of evil. So just kind also, of chime in with that as best yeah, you can. Write as, like, as long as a dissertation as you need to. Also, Todd, you don't need to do this because I know you hate the Nolan Batman movie, so <laughs> there's no reason for you to waste your time. Now, uh, if you have any other comments or questions, things you want to bring up that we forgot to mention on the show, leave a comment. Me and Ben will read them on next week's mini episode. If I'm wrong about the chameleon and uh, Ben and Chris were right, shoot me a message. Call me out on being an asshole. Uh, otherwise, you can follow me and see art I've posted on Instagram at It's Pogues. Ben? Uh, I can be found at The Disco Pony, uh, or we can read some of my old video game writings at the Ben Chapman, TheRealBenChapman.com. 
Chris, you got somewhere you want to send people? You know, just again, all I've got is Instagram. Um, it's just, don't don't shame it. I enjoy your Instagram. You know, it's thoroughly. It's, you know, yeah, it's it's fine. Uh, so Chris underscore Doom. Mm-hmm. Uh, on Instagram. Is it Doom with letters or are the O's? It's letters. I actually, yeah, I got this one. Uh, it's, it's not zeros like many of my other accounts. <laughs> it's very confusing, guys. So check him out. Chris, thanks for doing this. We'll have you back for Spider-Man 3, obviously. Yeah. I uh, hope you guys enjoyed the episode, and we'll see you next week. I was going to go with uh, Rebel Without a Clause, but I think I want the Clause in effect. I think it was a better one. I think that's, that's good. Yeah, that's the winner.